Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now, you can get 35% off site wide by using the code DCNews35. That's D C N E W S. 35 DC News 35 use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at insighteditions.com Hey there all you DC Comics News fans, you've arrived at the Spinner Rack and this is episode number 92. Enjoy the experience, this is a top 5 list brought to you each and every week from DC Comics News, hosted by me, yours truly, I also go by Seth Singleton, but you can call me yours truly, host Seth or Singleton. I prefer mostly those, other ones I might not respond to and that could get confusing, because I want to hear what you're saying. I want to know what you think I need to know, what you like, what you don't, and maybe something unexpected we should all keep in mind for previous or future episodes of The Spinner Rack. Here's the deal. I go ahead and run through my first two picks. We take an ad break. We finish with my three remaining picks. No particular order. Sometimes I like to get thematic. Sometimes... It's like spinning a wheel. I just know wherever I land, that is where I'll be next. And where I land to start things off here on episode number 91 is Green Lantern, season two, number 11. Man, this is a gorgeous book. Man, is this a fun book for me to enjoy each and every time. For starters, you have Grant Morrison, who has carved his own place in DC legend and lore with beautiful stories that really challenge everything that for so often has been what is the established, what is the expected. And this issue number 11, Contest of Crowns, is a lovely sword and sorcery take, one that reminds me of something that was hinted at prior Back in season one and season two, there have been these moments of mythic, fantastical, or fantasy-based questing. And this is something that I know that Liam Sharp has suggested uh, is something he would love to delve into at some point. But he's so busy making beautiful comics, like this issue number 11. His art and colors are joined by the lovely letters of Steve Wands. I mean... There is something about capturing a tone, depending on a time period and the character and the setting, and how that's portrayed through the letterings that really is masterful here. Beautiful, 
cover by Liam Sharp with a variant cover by Phil Jimenez and Ari Prianto. And inside a story, Sir Hal of the Green Lamp, those who are struggling and in danger at Planet Athmora, 61 Signy in Sector 2814, long the home sector for Green Lanterns like Hal Jordan, John Stewart, and even Guy Gardner and Kyle Rayner, who have all started there and then gone on to degrees of greatness, depending on your favorite arc of continuity or Green Lantern that you found most connected to. Sometimes you think you know what someone is doing, and then you realize that when you're dealing with an artist like Liam Sharp and the imagination that he's playing with that belongs to Grant Morrison, it's really impossible to know much of anything except what you think you're taking in when you're reading each page and what you hope you're understanding because they are both weaving complex tales, one through uh, just layers upon layers of history, text. I mean, Grant Morrison must be writing character Bibles and story Bibles every day of the week. And I'm always just reminded of that great thing that Scott Snyder once said to us in an interview about the idea of how it was Morrison who told him, you have to have an end for these characters. Well, sure, you can have an end, but what about all these amazing things that are <laughs> part of the journey on the way of that end? How many layers can you include? How much history can you dig up? And along the way, how much of that can you expound into new directions and create wonderful, wonderful worlds, concepts, and atmospheres that then Liam Sharp fills with these gorgeous, stunning images, some that look like they're painted, others that are mixtures of paintings and digital media. Uh, there are moments when the stars and planets are captured with such pristine, crystal clear imagery that then they are followed by these blurry, distorted, perceptive lines that feel like they are uh, a transitioning of our ability to comprehend one state of being and then another and what that transition's like and if we are seeing things then through the same filter lens Hal does and the characters with him when they change from world to world environment to environment intergalactic space travel to you know just crusting into another atmosphere folding space this is one of those stories that compasses so much still connects to the story that's being told up to this point remembers how the characters are still part of this long weaving thread and also how at the center of it all is one Hal Jordan who is constantly defying independent and yet at the same time haplessly uh, walking right in the footsteps of the danger that he most hopes to avoid and somehow is always compelled to involve himself and thusly thankfully in so many ways save the day. Green Lantern, Season 2, Number 11. This is one of those books, I believe, if you haven't been collecting now, it's fine. You can pick up at any point. The Season 2 is almost over. It looks like a new creative team will be picking up Hal's story and carrying it on for DC Comics. So, your best hope. Well, you can either check it all out on the DC Universe app if you've got one of those, or why not knuckle down, get a great collection, and when you do you'll have the chance to soak all of this in and understand the story that's been leading up to season two, number 11. That's my first pick. And that means with one five out of five book out of the way, we can move on to our second. And taking that second position is Kara 
Zorel, Superwoman, issue number two, part of the Future State series, written by Marguerite Bennett, with art by Marguerite Sauvage, letters by Wes Abbott, the original cover by Paulina Gaucho, and variant cover by Alex Garner. In the event I mispronounced any of those names, I ask for your humble understanding as I learn them and hopefully will eventually get them down correctly. And even when I do, there's still the possibility that I will simply kick myself uh, in the process of doing it correctly and somehow still say it incorrectly. One of the things that can't be done incorrectly is this Kara Zor-El Superman number two issue. One, the cover alone is gorgeous. The variant is stunning. I love the outfit. I love the design. It should be on Felicki Fashions, a soon-to-be-coming podcast from Mr. Brad Felicki here on DC Comics News Podcast Network. And it's in the Fortress of Solitude, there on the Colony of the Moon, where Kara has uh, taken up a role helping out and also befriending those who might best benefit from what she can offer, which is an understanding that comes with always being the one not chosen to fulfill the legacy of Protector. It was Superman who, Clark Kent, who beat her to planet Earth and took over the role she was originally slated to have. And it was his son who was given the legacy of his father. And she simply had to go out and forge a destiny of her own. And it was a destiny that was made better by her friend Crypto, who is no longer with her in this story, The Two Graves. Sorry, just two graves. And in this story, this part two, Kara has taken responsibility for a refugee who is torn between two different groups vying for a power she possesses and cannot yield. So, in order to take it, they are willing to sacrifice her life and attain the power by whatever means necessary. And through the lessons that she has learned from Kara, this refugee takes an opportunity, perhaps not the path that Kara would have preferred, but showing an understanding beyond years and the example that Kara has set before her in issue number one and carrying into issue number two. She makes a decision. She ends the conflict. And by doing so, she then begins to tell the story of what happened on this colony after Kara Zoril eventually passed and she was laid to rest next to her friend Crypto. It's a beautiful story about the idea of how Kara's mantle isn't passed to others, how instead each person who lives there, who was shaped by the impact that Superwoman left behind, that the refugee, who you will learn about when you get the chance to read this story, and I highly recommend you do, that she was also impacted and was able to share and continue to share the lessons that Kara taught her that's an amazing legacy that's being suggested in this story. And it points to one of those wonderful, hopeful possibilities that Future State can offer. It, it's a glimpse into a possibility. There's no guarantee that any of it actually will be 
yet there is that feeling of absolute wonder, absolute enjoyment and and thrill at the idea that it doesn't always have to be a dark, ominous future, a broken future, one that is barely trying to resemble what it was before cataclysm and so much more toward asunder. This is a beautiful book. I, I really feel that there is something magical occurring with this creative team. I hope this isn't their only collaboration and that we get to see them work together in the future, whether it's on a Cara Zorel Superwoman ongoing title or in other projects where their talents can be put to such amazing use and continue to tell such vibrant original stories. I love this one. I love sharing it as my second choice. It's my uh, five out of five pick for this week's episode to tee us up as we move into the ads. You know how those ads go. We want to make sure you know everything that's going on here at DC Comics News. And we do it through the ads. Our amazing editor-in-chief, the boss, the hoss, Mr. Joshua Rayner. He takes care of all that for you. He makes sure you're in the know. And after he does, well, we'll be coming right back. We'll be letting you know through me. So basically, I'll be letting you know what my third, fourth, and fifth choice is here on episode number 92. I'll be here when you come back. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien... Everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now you can get thirty five percent off site wide by using the code DC News thirty five. That's D C N E W S three five. D C News thirty five. Use that code and receive thirty five percent off site wide at insighteditions.com. Hi everyone. I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News Podcast. Here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. <laughs> no. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher.
First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and battle me, nards. I definitely do not f*** that. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth <laughs> joke. Here's <laughs> <laughs> hoping. <laughs> We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't want God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. 
except it's season, but whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. Welcome back, all you DC Comics News fans. The ad break is over. Episode number 92 of the DC Comics News. Spinner Ruck has returned. I know this because I'm your host, Seth Singleton, and I know our first two books out of the way. And with them out of the way, we get a chance to move on into my third choice. For that one, I am talking about Future State. This is Robin Eternal, number two. Man, Megan Fitzman has written a really compelling idea in this story. Eddie Barrow's pencils, Eber Ferreira's inks, Adriano Lucas's colors, they all do this amazingly just <laughs> original perception and portrayal of Tim Drake, a way we've never seen him before. And the way he and the characters around him are affected by the events in the first issue and now in the second, captured so well by Pat Rousseau's letters there is a gorgeous Irvin Rodriguez and Emanuela Lupacino cover with a variant cover by Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer. It's quite lovely to see how it is that Tim, who has always been the clean, the good, the smart, the bright, the optimistic, the hopeful, is now a much darker version of that character. The original cover is impressive to say the least but the variant harkens back to a lovely feeling that reminds me of uh, the dark knight returns or something similar to that i love the idea of what it's like for tim who has now been exposed to this liquid uh, <laughs> formula that includes the uh, lazarus pits serum and how once he's been basically drenched in this stuff, he has all of the powers that heal him from what appeared to be an immediate death, but coming with it and the strength, which is just impressive considering all the skills he already has and how often he had to compensate for not being one of the biggest or strongest, but his speed, his ingenuity, his intelligence was what so often won him the victory in combat and in conflicts. Now he has that strength, but with all of those things at his benefit, he's facing the delusions and paranoia that come with the Lazarus Pits revival. And resurrection is not all it's cracked up to be in this example. And Tim is clearly fighting a battle that he doesn't want others to realize what's going on. And it's evident that they do, and that they're worried, and they have good reason to. There is a very long and tragic history of the ill effects of the Lazarus Pit. And there's something so powerful about the idea of such an innocent character. In so many ways, one of the brightest and most untarnished of the Bat family, Tim Drake, to suddenly be scarred and cursed in this way, to be punished much like uh, Jason Todd was and for no other crime than simply this is the way events played out because he played the role of hero for as long as he did because eventually time runs out because creators of stories need new directions to consider to travel to discover whatever the reason might be 
this is now Tim Drake's fate, and this is something he now has to deal with. As it's been addressed, there are very few solutions to exposure to the Lazarus Pit, and very few positive outcomes. And with them is the haunting memory of the twisted figure that was Jason Todd, who is now the Red Hood, and what it could mean for everyone if that's the path eventually Tim Drake ends up following. It'll be interesting to see if this is a story that they decide to pick up and continue as Future State continues telling us more great stories and setting up the possibility for their continuance later on in DC's line of uh, stories to come our way. We have a brave new world of continuity before us to experience and explore how we will get the chance to enjoy it. Something DC Comics will eventually, I think, let us know. But in the meantime, what we are discovering is that there are so many different wildly imaginative imaginative, excuse me, uh, things that they are showing us. And our only hope is that we are lucky enough to be part of exploring every single route, journey, chapter, uh, adventure. Certainly, Robin Eternal suggests a wild one for all those willing to take a read, and it's why it was my third choice here on episode number 91. Great 5 out of 5 book always deserves to be followed by another great 5 out of 5 book. And for that fourth book, I've decided to go with a really great story that I have been enjoying, and I'm happy to share with you because of the importance I feel it holds. I'm talking about Future State Teen Titans number two. In this story by Tim Sheridan, we get the chance to uncover the events that are being also addressed by Sheridan in the Future State Shazam series. Now, the pencils by Rafa Sandoval and the inks by Julio Ferreira, as well as the colors by Alejandro Sanchez and the letters by Rob Lay, so much match the tone of the Shazam book that it's a treat for me to see that a majority of the creative team from that book are also uh, playing roles on this book, providing a continuity between the two stories where it's possible. Beautiful original cover by Rafa Sandoval and Alejandro Sanchez with a variant cover by Dustin Wynn. I think they're both worth picking up if you love great covers. You're going to love these. You're also going to love the story inside, which is a now and then story and what it meant for the team trying to address the concept of four horsemen who had warped the once beloved members of their family. We also get an explanation for why Wally West has become such a twisted version of the beloved hero we know and also why he is joined by three other wonderful members of the Titans team who are now these members of a horse group, the horsemen. What they are doing is wreaking havoc and what is happening to the team is a slow destruction that is pulling them apart by killing off their members and in the process causing them to face an unspeakable horror together yet also in the process while they are broken and grieving and they are struggling with the responsibility that Shazam has taken upon himself 
to bring a solution and potentially to help the team find a way forward after so much chaos. It's suggested that a soon-to-be future series will offer us greater explanations and that through that series we'll get a, a better and more clear understanding of how it is things have come to the state that they are in future state Teen Titans number two and what it is that we can learn from that that might provide uh, a way out a solution a, a chance for either all of these heroes that have been so horribly twisted or for all those fighting to save a world that remains and is threatened by these now dark versions of beloved heroes it's a beautiful book that I highly recommend. I think it it offers some not only great insight to the Future State Shazam number two book, but also to how the Titans history can blend so seamlessly with a Future State story and how in between when we get a lovely narrative with a beautiful creative team that is also hearkening to so much of the Titans mythology that has existed in comics and in other places, but now is finding a home in Future State Teen Titans number two, a great five out of five book, my fourth pick, and a lovely way for us to set up with my fifth and final choice. And for that one, I had to go with DC's Love is a Battlefield. It is a well-known thing that DC literally just moves mountains and makes others sort of tremble in response to its anthologies. This Love is a Battlefield is no exception. I actually was lucky enough to review this for DC Comics News, and it was such a joy when I read through these wonderful stories. Not only do you have a lot of great familiar faces, but in there are some wonderful new talents, some writers who I have very little exposure to, and I have not had the chance to read as much as I did in this collection. And then there are some rising voices who have begun to make movements within DC Comics. Character, uh, writers like John Ridley, whose other history is a book, issue number two, that somehow did not make it on recent episodes of the DC Comics new Spinner Rack, and for that I am disappointed. And then there are so many great new names who offered some wonderful stories like Christos Gage and Kavan Scott. It's a wonderful collection. There are numerous characters, stories, adventures, and all of your favorites. Uh, I will let you this know this much. Batman and Catwoman, Hawkman and Hawkwoman, Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor, Mr. Miracle and Big Barda. Amanda Waller and Perry White, Nightwing and Starfire, Kid Flash and Red Arrow, Sergeant Rock, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, Jon Stewart and Fatality. Now aside from the Sergeant Rock story, which is a story about one character but also about the brotherhood of a company in arms, the rest Every time you heard a name followed by an and and another name, that's a story about two people in that story. And the great thing is, despite what you might expect, each story really is a love story, though not always the type of love that we think about when it's February and Valentine's Day is coming or just past. But 
love, as is expressed in Love is a Battlefield, is a many, many splendid thing. And it is so well captured by the wonderful writing, the gorgeous art, the phenomenal example, again, of what DC Comics understands about anthologies that other books do their best to imitate. And, well, sometimes they get close, but no one ever gets it like DC Comics and its anthologies do. Love is a Battlefield, number one, my fifth pick, great five out of five book to include. I've been your host, Seth Singleton. It has been my absolute pleasure to spend this episode with you. I am grateful to every listener and to every listen, to everyone who has let me know their thoughts, shared their opinions, their encouragement, their questions, their suggestions. Look forward to as many more episodes as we can share together to hear those from you. In the meantime, please keep in mind, you can always share those with me through the DC Comics News team. Just use at DC Comics News on all of your favorite social media platforms. It's at capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N, E-W-S. When you do, the whole team will know what you're saying, what you're thinking. Make sure I know about it. And of course, if you want, you can find me uh, directly. I'm on Twitter as one more singleton. Uh, but for the DC Comics News team, no matter whether you're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, or so many other social media platforms, when you use that tag, you're letting us know what we really want to know. When it comes to making sure you never miss new episodes of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack or all the other great content from the DC Comics News Podcast Network, all I have to do is encourage you to hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. We're on the big ones, we're all the small ones, whatever one is yours, hit subscribe now. Make sure we're always in your feed. Never miss out on great content like the Spinner Rack, DC Comics News Weekly Podcast covering all the news, and movies, television, streaming, comics, and more. Episode-by-episode episode breakdowns of classic animated shows like Batman the Animated Series hosted by Steve J. Ray's I Am the Night, as well as Mad Love, a Harley Quinn podcast designed to have a bit of fun with one of the funniest shows on DC Universe. And then we have DCN After Dark, our very own Kelly Gaines hosting a great talk show with her co-host Tony, and together they break down some of the things we think about in the later hours when it comes to our favorite comic books, comic book characters, and so much more about DC Comics. It's all on DC Comics News. Subscribe now. Never miss out. And we look forward to sharing all of our great discoveries with you. Until next time, as we like to remind you, always read more comics. Have a great night.